Absolutely. And it is that pause moment to really look at yourself without judgment. And that is such a big thing I'm working on. It's how do I explore my behavior or my beliefs or how I've been acting and do it without judging myself and kind of being hard on myself. I, I believe that to do this, we have to bring compassion, self-compassion. We are human beings. And I fell into a lot of fear-based decision-making, fear-based behaviors. I totally see how it all happened now that I look back, but I think looking back a little detached, look in, but no judging, look in with love. Because we have, we have these inner critics. We talk to ourselves all the time. I think. And there's this voice that's always critiquing and say, you could have done that better. Why did you do that? What were you thinking? And really it's, that's not helpful when you're trying to build your awareness and go deep. What's helpful is a loving response, almost like you're talking with your best friend about the drinking for me or the anger I never expressed that I had from growing up in a dysfunctional house and things. And so it's a journey and we start with love. And what I'm doing is looking at all my decisions now going forward and saying, is this a decision that's aligned with love or a decision out of fear? Welcome to today's episode of Unleash Thyself. I am your host, Konstantin Morun, and today's guest is Stephanie O'Connell. Stephanie, a former Fortune 500 senior leader, has been revolutionizing the way people organizations change for over three decades. In 2020, she made significant changes in her own life that reawakened the passion for helping others activate their greatest potential, overcome adversity, and thrive with uncertainty. She is a transformational speaker, coach, author, and the founder of Positive Change Acceleration. So prepare yourself to be inspired and empowered as Stephanie will walk us through her journey, how she's overcome certain challenges, how she went from being unhappy with the American dream to being extremely happy in following her heart and helping others achieve greatness. You will hear many stories that will surely leave you wanting to apply a change or two in your own life. And there will be tools that will be shared and other elements that will benefit you on your own journey. So with that being said, prepare yourself for an unforgettable conversation that's sure to leave a lasting impression. Welcome back to Unleash Thyself, the podcast that inspires and empowers you to unleash your full potential. I am thrilled to welcome Stephanie O'Connell to the show. Stephanie, we can't wait to hear more about the experiences and insights that have led you to where you are today and your unleashed moment, the moment you knew you are on your own path to becoming the best version of yourself. Stephanie, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Constantine. Thank you so much for the invitation and the warm welcome. You know, I, I love the title of this podcast, Unleashing yourself and getting to the best version of yourself here in life. And I came to this a bit late in life. So I'm in my mid fifties and I had a big awakening in my late forties where I had built this life, manifested it all. Great job in corporate America, twins, husband, house, all the things that seemed like would make you happy and, and give you a fulfilling life. And I was deeply unhappy. I was depressed. I felt a little bit like, what's the point? Uh, luckily, I never got to that dark of a place that I would take action on that. But I, I sat there and thought, there's got to be another way to live life that is filled with more lightness, joy, happiness. And so I started kind of awakening and lurking into spiritual energy mostly because I was so exhausted. And I realized that kind of playing by everybody else's rules, which 
We do. Your family has rules. Your community has rules. Girl Scouts has rules. Companies have rules. Corporations have rules. And I was continually not being true to myself, being authentic. (laughs) Now, I'm not saying break all the rules. We all need (laughs) to play along here, right? I mean, there's something to be said for that. But I... I was really in a place where I was not being authentic to me at Mm -hmm. all, but it was scary because I had built this life and it's fearful to think of dismantling it potentially. Like how do you start to, to break it apart? So a couple of things happened, but interesting. It was a timing thing and the universe is really interesting with timing. I ended up, my husband, we've been married 24 years, had unfortunately a near fatal heart attack, survived, survived it. A scary moment. Apparently he's adopted and has some biological information that he didn't have as an adopted child. And so his heart was always going to be potentially something to be watched. So anyway, this is in 2014. As he's recovering, he has an awakening. And we both start realizing that neither one of us is happy. Neither one of us is feeling fulfilled. We got married very young, 24 and 25 years old. We had, and we had some good times in our marriage, but I would say in the last, you know, eight years, it wasn't so happy and we were growing apart. And so we mutually agreed to divorce but stay very amicable, 50% co-parenting our twins who were eight years old at the time. And at the time, I thought this is so scary, but I also felt like I love this person. He loves me, but we're not happy together. So why wouldn't we wish each other well on our journeys? And we did. And that was one of those unleash courageous moments that actually he initiated. But I said, yeah, I think I think we can do this better for our kids, our choice apart And that allowed me to grow even more into some of the things I explore, being an energy healer, being a manifestation coach, all these things while still in corporate America. But it was bumpy. It was bumpy. I had ups and downs, a roller coaster. I never imagined myself divorced at, you know, in my late 40s, early 50s. And so I made some commitments to myself. I said, you know what? I am not going to be a bitter, divorced, middle-aged woman refuse. (laughs) So what do I need to do? And it actually really helped me because every time I felt myself getting bitter, every time I felt myself getting angry, I would, I would interrupt myself and say, no, that's not the person you want to be. However, I did start coping by drinking alcohol every day because I was sad. I was depressed. I was lonely. I only saw my kids half the time. I never thought that that would happen until they went away to college. You know, what mother expects to not see their kids every day? And I wasn't handling it well. And I was escaping. And it got to a critical point. So this was my next unleash moment where I thought I was okay and functioning, but I wasn't. And my ex-husband threatened that I would not be able to do 50% parenting with the kids. And that was my moment to say, stop, stop. You have got to get yourself together. You waited to have these kids. I was 40 when I had them. And now you're messing it up. This is my voice telling me. (laughs) Nobody else is telling these things. (laughs) This is me talking to myself. And I said, you're messing it up. You're messing it up. So I stopped immediately the daily drinking. I made a commitment not to do that any longer. But Constantine, I still had all these feelings that I hadn't dealt with, that I had packed down and escaped from with alcohol or eating. And we all have activities that can distract us from actually looking inside at ourselves and maybe some things that we might need to work on. So I sought out some mentors. I did some energy healing. And through that process, really got to some root issues that started a long time ago in childhood that were kind of running my life and they weren't working. I was a people pleaser you know, to, to the extent of please everybody else, but not me. I was very afraid of conflict. And so I would harmonize when maybe a discussion was better. (laughs) And, and so I needed to work on these things. So I sought out some learning, some training 
in the process, I got certified to be a love and authenticity coach. And so that's what I'm doing most of my day is to help others reconnect to their authentic self. We don't lose our authentic self, my opinion. It's mm -hmm. in us. It's, it's in us for life. But mine was very covered up, very covered up with pain and fear and regret and anger and all of these emotions that I had wrapped my authentic self in, then add the people pleasing and the work, you know, work, work, work and all these things. And so I, I needed to like excavate it. I think of myself like, you know, when you're, there's an anthropologist on a dig, you know, trying mm -hmm. to get at some beautiful relic or, or beautiful artifact. That was my journey to, you know, find my authentic self. And so it took me six years, but it doesn't have to take six years because I will say the techniques that I learned was really in the last 18 months that just really accelerated it. So I'm here to say it doesn't have to take long, but it does take commitment. It has to say, I want to be true to me. I want to be authentic. And that means I have to unlearn some things that have been my way of operating for 40 years. First of all, this is an amazing journey that you share with us with lots of downs and ups and beautiful challenges along the way. I had lost to unpack, so I'll go back to a couple of things in a few minutes. But the first thing that comes to mind there, you said you don't have to wait as long as you did to get to some sort of a, a result. Right? It's not going to be the end result because we're always going to be working on ourselves. But something that caught my attention is this idea that being aware, aware of what's going on or aware of hiding those feelings or having those feelings to begin with is half the battle. Because in, in your journey, at least, and I know from mine as well and a few others in my immediate life, we are unhappy. But until you stop to look inwards a bit and say, okay, why am I unhappy? So becoming aware of the why, you're not able to do much about it. And maybe if you do something, it's usually external, right? You're looking for validation or you're looking for answers at, in, in some other place from some other person that likely doesn't have those because you have all the answers. They can just guide you. So I guess the question for you would be is, would you say that awareness for you was kind of like the biggest catalyst once you became aware of certain patterns from your childhood, like you said, the alcohol, right? Not being happy in the marriage. It kind of ignited everything. Absolutely. And it is that pause moment to really look at yourself without judgment. And that is such a big thing I'm working on. It's how do I explore my behavior or my beliefs or how I've been acting and do it without judging myself and kind of being hard on myself. I, I believe that to do this, we have to bring compassion, self-compassion. We are human beings. And I fell into a lot of fear-based decision-making, fear-based behaviors. I totally see how it all happened now that I look back. But I think looking back a little detached, look in, but no judging, look in with love. Because we have, we have these inner critics. We talk to ourselves all the time, I think. And there's this voice that's always critiquing. And say, you could have done that better. Why did you do that? What were you thinking? And really, it's that's not helpful when you're trying to build your awareness and go deep. What's helpful is a loving response, almost like you're talking with your best friend about the drinking for me or the anger I never expressed that I had from growing up in a dysfunctional house and things. And so it's a journey and we start with love. And what I'm doing is looking at all my decisions now going forward and saying, is this a decision that's aligned with love or a decision out of fear? That's a really good way to look at it. So my first marriage, for example, we were dear, 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 dear friends in college, but I hesitated. My intuition was saying, you're don't get married so young. My intuition was saying, don't get married so young. But I had this fear that if I didn't say yes now, there would never be another proposal. And so that's fear-based, right? I'm saying yes in that moment. Yes, I loved him, but the decision was a fear-based one. Of, if I let this opportunity go by, I've, I've missed out. And that 
is another piece of faith in the universe. So what when I make those decisions out of fear, I don't believe the universe is going to take care of me. That there will potentially be another relationship in my future. And so part of this is the self-awareness and then reconnecting to my faith in love and the universe, mm. which I had really disconnected because I didn't, I grew up with religion in my house, Catholicism. But once I got into my 20s, I, I, it didn't resonate with me. And again, thinking back, the humans that were running that church were very fear-based. <laughs> it didn't feel loving. It felt like you mess up, you go to purgatory, or you mess up and you go here. And so I was like, so it was actually bringing more fear into my life versus less. So reconnecting to that faith in the universe and in love and that we all are beautifully unique divine beings. We come here to learn something or to contribute. I, I'm still figuring some of that out for myself. And we start as these pure divine beings and then we learn fear. We learn it. So we can unlearn it, I guess is what's saying. And Constantine, I wish I had unlearned it 20 years ago, but I'm unlearning it now. You know, this was my timing to do it. And I want to help others. I want to help others. And I know that's part of why you are having this podcast as well, is you want to reach others and say, we can unlearn this fear-based living, this fear-based decision-making. We can approach life with love. But it has to start by loving yourself. It does, right? And at the same time, like the way the way I see it as well, just to build up on what you said, is that it sounded like at the beginning of your journey, right? You were alone, right? You were trying to do this yourself. I was the same at the beginning of my journey, trying to do it all myself. And then I realized, you know what? Yes, it starts with us. But then by bringing others along on this journey, so giving them a chance to help us and for us to help them, it's going to get us so much farther, so much faster, right? So we can truly unleash the best version of ourselves when we're true to ourselves, but also work together with our communities, whatever they are, virtual or in person, right? And I, I really, I love the way you shared your journey there and the idea that we lead from a place of fear because psychologically speaking, fear keeps us out of trouble, right? And throughout the decades, it kept us out of trouble and kept us out of trouble, and, and that was great. Now, though, unfortunately, society, cultures are building up on this fear-based tactic to keep us in line or to keep us following a certain regime or to sell us more things, right? Which, again, if I were to put myself in their shoes, it makes sense. If I wanted to have an angle of more money or more control or more power, then I would use very, very similar tactics because that's kind of how you get there. So I guess to wrap it up, not to wrap it up, to bring it back together, the idea of leading from a place of fear makes sense for most of us, but it doesn't have to be the way we lead our life. And I think that's the key part that you're trying to bring up as well. It's just because it is a certain way or it was a certain way doesn't mean it has to be this, that way moving forward. Exactly. And do I catch myself still making some fearful decisions? Absolutely. I'm a human being. <laughs> and what's interesting too, Constantine, is it becomes like a vicious circle. So, so I started having success. I started getting promoted, more responsibility. I go all the way up to some big title, vice president, and you have kids and, and you want the best for the kids. I want to give them what I didn't have. So they have music lessons and they, and so you start like acquiring this lifestyle. Yes. That requires more money. <laughs> so you stay, potentially, I did, in toxic workplaces because I have to make the money. And I think it's the only way I can make the money because I want to make the money because I want to give my kids what I didn't have. And now I have this lifestyle, a marriage, a house, a pet, a whatever that I have now manifested. And now I feel like I'm stuck and I have to stay because I have this lifestyle, right? And the fear, it keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. And so when you start to dismantle that, it really, it, it takes some energy to believe that I don't need all this stuff. And my kids are actually pretty happy without all those things. You know, they want some of the things, I get it. 
And I'm now, you know, doing more on my own. I left the corporate world two years ago during COVID through a restructuring. I probably would have stayed longer if that hadn't happened, but it's been a blessing actually, because it's allowed me to get out there and help others potentially choose a love-based way of living versus a fear-based living. And I don't have the money that I had, but I am so happy. So it money wasn't making me happy. Money for me was making me feel trapped. It was making me feel more fear because the fear of losing it. And, and again, it's just not a motivator for me. I want to have an impact. Yes, I want to live comfortably. Let me just say, I don't want to live in a tent, Constantine. I want to have a decent house without too many problems. You know, I'm not saying that I want to, to you know, live in a scarcity, but I, I don't need all the things I thought I did. And I yes. thought all those things outside of me would help me feel happy. And in fact, it didn't in my case. It just felt more oblig, you know, like built in more obligation. I have to work even harder because now we have whatever trumpet lessons. And now we have, you know, whatever you decide you want to provide. And then, and then I need things for my health because my health started to not do well with all the stress and strain and the hours. So then you need more to help with that. And, and it just becomes like this cycle, this wheel that keeps going. And it's almost, I guess I'm here to say that you can pick to get off that wheel anytime, anytime. But I do recommend that you have support. I, I wouldn't do it alone, like you said. It, yes. It's hard. And to have some people that you know have made it to the other side, so to speak, meaning they are happier in their life. They are have more self-compassion, self-love, self-acceptance. They're making different choices, love-based decisions versus fear-based decisions. So it is possible but when all I knew was the fear-based decision-making, I needed a community of mentors and friends and others that said, keep going, Stephanie, it's worth it. Exactly. And that's something that resonates so much with me as well, Stephanie. And it, it's so amazing the way you described it. And I would imagine it's the case for many people in the corporate world, in a career or a job that they don't necessarily like, or like you said, in a very toxic environment, because you could be in a job you love right? You're giving back through that, but then the toxic environment is taking its toll on you. Mm -hmm. And in my case, for example, a lot of the work I do, I feel that through doing a podcast, at least through finding my own purpose, I can give even more because now I'm treating people differently, right? It's, they're not my coworkers anymore or my partners or my customers. They're people first, they're humans first, which means that I can bring more empathy, compassion to my workplace but still, if the toxic the environment was toxic, right, it wouldn't matter how much of that I would bring in, it would likely have a pretty big impact on me as well. Because you can only fight so much an uphill battle. So I can definitely relate to that. And I can also see how many people will relate to what you just said. And I think the beauty is in what we're doing right now, Stephanie, and sharing these stories is that you've been someone that climbed the ladder all the way up, right? Made the big money and you were unhappy. Guess what? Most people are not. Mm -hmm. So know that you're not alone, which means that you can do something about it. The choice is yours in the end, like you had a choice mm -hmm. and it was scary, but mm -hmm. it sounds like you didn't lead necessarily from a place of fear. At that point, you left the fear behind and said, you know what? I'm going to lead from a place of faith, faith in myself, right? That I can make right. this work. And then the universe is going to help me along the way. So it kind of goes back to what you were saying initially, the idea of faith-based and I'm we're talking religion here, right? I mean, if you yeah. believe in religion or a God, Perfect. I mean, that's still faith. But it's the idea that you put faith in yourself first because yeah. you know you can do it. I mean, you've gotten yourself to where you are today. So why can't you get yourself farther? Yeah. And do it differently. You know, exactly right. You, you, I've gotten all the way up the ladder. I'm just picking a different ladder now or not even a ladder. Maybe it's a lattice. I don't know what it is. It's something else. But I have every reason to believe that I can make that work too, because I made, you know, 40 years of a life work. Now I'm just doing it very differently. 
And I need some mentors and some people to help me when I see that I am creeping back into fear. The thing that's really cool now is I notice in my physical body, I get like a clenching in the stomach or, and then I'm like, oh, pause. That's a signal from my body saying, hold on, rethink that decision. That's a constricting decision, which is often some form of fear. And I, you know, there's big fears and then there's lighter fears, like fear of missing out. I consider that a lighter fear versus, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm afraid for my life because I've had a significant health issue. You know, there's a scale of fears, but I think for me, and I, by the way, I think we'll always have some fear. My goal is not to get rid of the fear. My goal is to recognize self-awareness back to what you said, when the fear is creeping in and pause. So I'm making a conscious choice, not an unconscious choice. Yes, and that, that's that's, that's for me. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's such a such a different way of approaching that, right? Because there's two parts that I'm taking from what you're saying, and that resonate really well with me as well. And I would imagine with the audience is the idea that just because you can live from a place that's not fear, it doesn't mean that the fears or the potential challenges go away. Correct. However, it means that you have a choice now to say, you know what, I'm going to look at the positives. I'm going to live from a place of positivity, love, compassion, while acknowledging that these challenges and fears will be here. So in other words, I'm preparing myself with the best in mind while being aware of it, instead of just waiting with a fear and the positive is so far down that you can't even notice it. Or if you notice it, you'll just brush it off because you have so much fear built in into everything you do. Or negativity, right? Fear, negativity, I, I, they, they're the same for me. Yes. Well, because so now we get into a little bit of energy. You know, every emotion has a vibration. You know, everything is energy. Everything is vibrating. We're made of atoms and neutrons and, you know, the science will show. And so you can actually research or Google online. What is the vibration of every single emotion? And fear is a pretty low vibration compared to love, happiness, acceptance, joy. I mean, you can just imagine. And so when I dip down to fear, now I really notice it because I'm now more happy. But I think before I was more flat, like I I wasn't happy. So when I went to fear, it didn't seem that bad or that low because I didn't have the joy and happiness comparison. Yeah, you didn't you didn't have the polarity of it, right? You didn't have right. both the good and the bad because we're so conditioned to not necessarily be always or looking for happiness, right? We're kind of in the middle and then the fear, the negativity is so close. That makes so much sense. I've never thought of it that way. So that's a really good yeah, way. Yeah, and I was was I consider myself flat. Like I, I didn't I didn't feel intense anything. And that was another part of my awakening, another unleash moment. When I said, is this as good as it gets? Like, really? <laughs> I'm going to wake up every day, go to this toxic work environment because I need the money. Blah, blah, blah. And it felt like a black and white version of a movie. And I said, no, I want technicolor, high definition life. I'm not going to settle for a black and white, boring, dull, flat life. And so I'm choosing, so I feel not only happy, I feel more alive. I just feel like my life is more vibrant. However, when you choose the technicolor high definition color, then fear is intense as well. Everything's more intense. Mm. So you have to kind of know, but it's worth it because when you can experience courage and joy and happiness and love in a new way that's so almost chilling. I'm getting a little bit of goosebumps because I just feel I feel so alive in those feelings. I have to be prepared that the lower ones are going to be intense too. But now I have tools and strategies to cope with that and not let it like really take me, take me down. <laughs> I might dip down to it, but I know how to get myself back up. And we're always going to dip, by the way. Like energy, of course, this is a podcast. You can't see me, you know, talking with my hands. I'm laughing at myself here. But energy is always oscillating like a wave. It goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. That's energy, any energy. So we're always going to dip. So expect it. 
have the tools, have the resources, have the support network. So when you do dip, you know how to get yourself back up is kind of the thing, right? Because it's always going to dip. But now I feel like I have a way to manage it. And I do feel more alive. And I'll tell you this, Constantine, when I was working on this, I thought, when was the last time I felt really alive? Like the world was open to me, Technicolor, and it was literally back to being 18 years old and leaving my small town of Harrington Park, New Jersey to go to university near Chicago. And it was this huge leap of independence. It was this huge like branching out from the nest, you know, dysfunctional nest that I'd grown up in. And I was exhilarated. Now, that was 30 years ago. So I want more of that. And if you think back and think back, when did you feel alive? And it was over a decade. You can change that. You know, me who lived 30 years in the black and white version of the movie is now back to Technicolor. And so I love it because we can choose. We can choose there are skills and tools and there's a, and there are others to support like yourself having a podcast like this. Sometimes it's just knowing what's possible. And that's, that's a powerful message right there, right? Know what's possible and trust yourself that you can make it work. And I want to piggyback on something you just said around when you get to your lows now to the negative state, you have the tools to bring yourself up. And I think that's the beauty of this work is that the lows are going to be shorter and shorter. We're not the aim is not to remove them or completely eliminate them because then you're having the opposite problem of what you just described when you know you didn't know what happiness was. So when you were sad, it was okay because you're just a bit off of the, the standard. Well, the opposite is true too, right? If you're just sitting in happiness, you never experience the negativity side of it. When it hits you and it will, well, imagine trying to get back up then because you never experienced that. So it will bring you down. And I notice it in my life as well, right? My journey, I would say, hasn't started six, seven years ago like yours. It was more a couple of years ago, right? And even the, the difference between two years ago and one year ago and one year ago and now, massive in terms of the happiness threshold and not much change in my life. In fact, I still have the same amazing job. I still have the same amazing family. I have more friends, maybe even less money because I've spent them on things that, that bring more joy, not so not like physical things, but mm-hmm. experiences, building a podcast, and these things that will give me happiness, but also others. And guess what? I'm happier than I've ever been, but it doesn't mean I don't have bad days. And there are days when I'm, I get down, but because like you said, we have the tools, or at least I don't have all the tools yet, but I have some tools. Mm-hmm. I can bring myself up a lot faster. In the past, I could be down for days on end. Yes. Weeks, months, right? Now, if it's a day, that's a lot. It's usually ours, and then you can bring yourself back up. But again, not alone, right? Because you can do it alone, but you're just making yourself making your journey a lot harder. I think so. I I know that when I reached out and you know into various energetic communities, more spiritual communities, manifestation communities, like people who really want to tap into the love of the universe and explore living differently than out of fear. It's, it's just amazing the synchronicities that happen, right? So, you, you know, you meet someone and they mention a book and then you get the book and then that like opens up something else and it opens something else. And so I guess what I would encourage is like a first step is maybe curiosity. So be curious about, I know I live this way, that self-awareness. I, if I look back on the last big, you know, five big decisions I made, were they out of love or out of fear? And if you really are not sure, go to your body. Remember how I said I get that feeling? So if you yeah. put your hand on your heart and you think of a decision that you you need to make, let's do a future one. Let's, let's, let's build the skill going forward. You put your hand on your heart and you say, okay, so let's say I've been invited to a brunch somehow. And I put the hand on my heart and say, you know, do I, does it make sense for me or should I, am I meant to go to the brunch? If it feels light, yes, it's aligned with your intuition. If it feels heavy, like, oh, I got to go to that brunch. 
That's obligation energy. So if you say yes to that, there's a fear under there, a fear of disappointing, a fear of not doing something you think you're supposed to do, but it's not out of love for self because the love for self was the light feeling. So even just, I started practicing that, like every decision, hand on heart, was it heavy or light, heavy or light? Heavy is not love. <laughs> Let's put it that way. It could be fear. It could be obligation energy, which is very heavy, right? And that's playing by somebody else's rules. You know, a good girl does this. A good person does this, which is judgment, right? And so, so if I think, if it's light for me not to go to the brunch, it, it, it's something, I'm doing something for me. Maybe I need more self-care. Maybe, maybe I'm trying to not eat all those sweets and I'm going to be tempted. Whatever. It, it doesn't matter. It's light, which means it's aligned to your true essence. Your intuition knows you best. Your heart. Your heart knows you the best. So use it for decision-making. And I looked back and many decisions were heavy. And when I chose to ignore my intuition, it didn't, it didn't pan out well. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you know, best case scenario, let's say best case scenario, you go through something like this, you feel bad about yourself. You have some negative emotions, right? And that's it. But guess what? That's going to build and build and build. But then the worst case scenarios are the scenarios that may happen more often than not is going to continue to bring more of those energies into your life, right? Because if you keep saying yes to things that you don't agree with, like, for example, both you and I did throughout our life before this, all of a sudden, that's more of what you put out in the universe, more of what you get back because you're, you're doing the same things over and over. So why would you get something different? Correct. Correct. So if I want something different to come to me, I have to do something different. And it, it can be very small. It can literally be, do I feel heavy or light? Follow the light path. Don't follow the heavy or follow, begin. It's like recovery time. Like, like you're saying is, can you start to make half of your decisions feeling light? Then maybe challenge yourself. 75% of your decisions feel light. Do I have still like 20% of my decisions that feel heavy? Yes, because I play roles. I'm a mother. I'm a daughter. I'm a, you know, I'm a teacher. I'm a healer. I, we live with other people. And so sometimes I do say yes to something that is a bit heavier for me, but I know why. I have the awareness and it's often because the relationship is more important to me. And it's important to the other person. And so I say, yes, again, modified people pleasing, admittedly, <laughs> but that's okay because I'm doing it out of self-awareness. Yeah. And I, if I can ask something, I was going to ask you this question and I love how you brought it in by yourself before me asking it is the idea that you can't reframe things. So let's say, let's take the branch again. You could lead from a place of fear and say, if I don't go here, I may not be invited again. I may be, you know, people will talk behind my back and they'll tell me how terrible of a person I am. All those negative things, right? Or you say, I need to go there because I don't want to displease mm -hmm. this person or these people. It could be any of those things. However, the way I would like to look at it now as well, and I look at some of these things is okay. So there's a lot of negativity around this, but how about we look at the positive things? So do the positives outweigh the negative? So the example will be, well, I get to see person A, B, and C. That's a positive thing because I love those people and I want to hang out with them. Well, maybe they serve the food I like, right? Maybe not the sweets, but maybe they serve the salad I really love. Yeah. That's a positive thing. So reframing it from a point of like, okay, I'm looking forward to the positives. I acknowledge that there will be some negatives as to why I might want to go, but I'm not going for those reasons. And it's almost like you're, you're reshaping, reframing. So the awareness piece you mentioned, but reframing it so you're leading from a positivity place. So more of those things become important and you don't worry as much about the negative stuff. I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that approach because it sounds very similar to what you're describing anyway. 
it's it's a wonderful approach and what it, it what it's doing is it's raising your energy vibration and so by looking at the positive side of it and going into it with the positives you're already bringing a more positive energy which is going to allow for more positive things to happen so you're basically setting the table for positive interactions positive outcomes something, something, something. If I go into it with heavy obligation energy, guess what? I'm going to get more of that. It's the whole thing is going to feel, and I'll probably get a stomach ache because I had all this low energy and ate all this food. <laughs> yeah. Another example, another example I can give you actually happened recently in my life. Let's say going out to a movie and other movies, I like to get a popcorn and then sometimes get a hot dog maybe, or maybe get something else. And in the past, when I would go to the movie theater and they would be out of a certain item, I would be upset and I would allow it to influence essentially my entire experience of the movies. Well, a few weeks ago, go to the movies with some really good friends and sure enough, they don't have a couple of the items that we wanted. This was the, one of the few times when I, in this example, I, I reframed my mentality and said, okay, you know what? I'm grateful for what they have. So the popcorn and the beautiful movie I'm about to see. I don't care as much about the fact that they're not missing it, so I'm going to enjoy my movie. And it, it shifted everything drastically. Now, one of my friends, unfortunately, was focused on the negative side. Oh, I can't believe they're doing this. How can they run a business if they do it like this? And guess what? The experience, the overall experience of the movie was less than significant, or even the idea of hanging out. And there's no right or wrong answer here. Right. It's just how you choose to, to act in this. And it's, a, it's almost like a lesson for each of us that... You have a choice, first of all, and then the choices you make will dictate the outcomes you see. So which outcomes do you want to see? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we have, and it's one of the things as humans that we get to do is change our perspective or reframe a situation. This is kind of unique to us as humans. Not everybody gets to do that. And it is so powerful because now you go into the movie and we'll have an enjoyable experience because you brought, you reframed and brought a more positive energy into it. The one thing I will say is what you're describing, though, is intentional positive energy, which is very authentic. Mm. What I am not a fan of is the fake it till you make it, <laughs> the fake smile, the, yeah. that's not authentic. So when you do your negatives and positives, which I think is a great exercise, a mental exercise, really believe the positives. They can't be, you know, you got to believe them because then you can shift to them. If yeah, they have to be real positives, right? Exactly. They have to be real positives. Yeah. Real positives to you, right? And your friend maybe had, if they had chosen to, to do the positive list, might have had a different positive list. I don't know, but they have to be true to you. This is my my thing about affirmations. You know, people like to say affirmations and I believe in them too. They help change your mind. You have to believe them. You can't say an affirmation and think, you know, I'm going to make a million dollars and the universe is going to alert. You have to believe it. So you have to align with the positive energy, the positive intention. They have to be real positives for you. Yeah. And not only that, like I would imagine, you will need to believe it. It needs to be true to you, but then you also have to put the work in, right? You can't just believe things or think things, and then they're going to manifest. You have to put in the work. So if I want, let's take the example of the movie theater. If I want to have an enjoyable experience, well, that means I have to go to the movie theater. I have to accept whatever happens in the sense of, will they have the, the treats I want or not? And then lead with positivity. And then, of course, keep an open mind and continue with my experience. Same thing if you wanted a million dollars, right? Well, okay, I want a million dollars, but how is it going to happen? Right. Like, what's the analogy? So if Dave, the, theater, the movie theater is the million dollars or the movie, well, how do I get from my home to that movie theater? Right. And what steps do I have to take, right? Like, what left turns or right turns? And, and what places do I have to stop? And what places do I have to, to move through? So yeah. that's a really beautiful way to, to see it, the way you explain it, right? It's like start with believing those, like they have to be true, and then put in the work. Yes. And, and, and the work meaning 
action. So my, as a manifestation person, the universe likes action, even small action towards the desired thing. So I might have to break a million dollars down into manageable pieces, but I take a step and I take a step and I take a step and then I take another step. And unfortunately, we don't always see the whole path to it's like it's like it's in the fog. So imagine your movie theater, you're going to go to the movie theater. I love this analogy, but you have to drive through the fog. So you can only see this far in front of you. Like, so you take a step though, you drive the car and then you see more of the road and then you keep driving and then you see more of the road and you keep driving and then you see the movie theater. It's just like that with manifestation. We often don't see the whole road at the beginning, but we take a step and then that moves the fog out and then I can see two more steps and then I can see three more steps. So a lot of it is about changing small things every day to ultimately change your life. Yes. Yeah. The, the idea of compounding interest, right? Compounding the work you do. And the analogy, I, I guess we keep going back to that one, which is beautiful with the road, right? Sometimes there'll be construction on the road. Sometimes there'll be an accident. Sometimes there'll be something that will either slow you down or move you on a different path that will eventually steal you to the same destination. And again, like it's it's up to you how you react to those, right? So this is a great example because the other day I was on the highway, right? There was a slowdown because of an accident or construction. I don't even remember which one it was, but now you have a choice, right? You can react angry and say, oh, I can't believe I'm going to be late or I can't believe I'm going to miss 10 minutes of my day or whatever. Or we can reframe it and say, well, I hope the person in accident is okay. And you know what? I can use this time to perhaps put in my favorite music or my favorite podcast and do something for me, even though I'm stuck in this situation that unfortunately I cannot control. So I have to go through it. So either I go through it miserably or I go through it with some positivity while acknowledging that the best stuff is still there. It's not going away. I'm still going to be late or I'm still going to perhaps lose 10 minutes of my day or half an hour. Yes. And what you're describing is another piece to get to the positivity you have to accept the reality of what's happening. Mm. So acceptance is the first step in change. So yes, I'm going to be late. That is so key because once I accept the reality of the situation, I don't have to agree with it. I don't have to like it, but I have to accept the reality is right now there's construction. I will be late. Now, what is the step I want to take? And I have a few of those go-tos to help me become positive. I love music. There are certain songs that just really get me back, lifted back up if I'm dipping into frustration. Maybe people, some people have deep breathing exercises. You know, whatever your tools are, and that's we go back to tools, right? Have a few tools that help you reframe. And for me, sometimes I have to take five deep breaths and go, okay. This is it. This is what's happening. I might have to put some music on to help me a little further. Drink some water out of my water bottle that hopefully I brought along. You know, have these tools so when you hit that moment where you have a choice, how I'm going to react to it, you've accepted the reality, have a few things available to you so that you can work through it. Yes. You know, and that's such, and that's a, such an enlightened perspective, right? Because it's not one thing, right? And again, it's not like you can find a list of 10 things that you can do and it's going to work for every single one of you. But guess what? There's so many tools out there. One is going to work for you. Maybe five of them, maybe 10. You got to find them though. Me or you or anyone else can't really just force feed you. I know social media and media in general wants to give you ideas that, hey, here's five tools that for sure will make you a millionaire or happier or, you know, fill in the blank. But no, the, the reality is that there's a bunch of them. You got to try what works for you. Mm-hmm. And then to your point, know the steps, right? Yeah. Become aware, try to shift the positivity as much as you can and as, as terrible as the situation might be. And use the tools to help you. It's almost like the idea of not being alone, right? Because using the tools, is just almost like someone else handing you a bit of help, even though you're helping yourself. Yes. Yes. It was available to you. 
because you know it works for you. And maybe not when you're driving, but sometimes I literally just, and I started this with my kids when they were young, is we got to shake off the grumpies. Well, there is something to be said for just moving your body. So now I know you're a little bit stuck in the car situation, but roll your shoulders, you know, loosen up, don't tense in that moment. Mm. Moving our body actually moves energy for us. And so, and it could be as simple as stretching or unclenching your jaw that might be clenching up because now you're stressed that you're in traffic and just move some aspects of your body where you can, because that will help adjust the energy as well. Because what you're trying to do is hop to a higher vibration. Exactly. About energy. You just want to, you just want to time hop up to a higher vibration that's available to you at that time. And then you're choosing to do it and you have tools to get you there. So sometimes I do, I have to move my body to get that you know, especially the lower, like grumpy agitation, frustration, energy. I have to physically move to get rid of that. I really do. I like, I'll get up on a conference call. I'll put myself off camera and I'll start walking around my room because I know that's one of my tools. Right. And I'll take a moment or I'll go get a glass of water so I can regroup and I'm going to do deep breathing along the way. I mean, again, these are small things. They can have a big impact. That have a big impact because it allows you to shift to a higher vibration or a more positive vibration is what I would say. And these, and it really is going back to what you shared about. It's knowing yourself, knowing what's going to work for you. And that may mean you have to try a couple things and go, oh, I know meditation. You know, I have a friend who said, I cannot sit and meditate. And I said, well, then go for a walk and meditate. You can do that. I said, sure. There's all kinds of ways to meditate. You don't have to sit on a pillow and meditate. It's all about being present in the moment and enjoying and going for a walk in nature is a really meditative experience If you're focused on, oh my gosh, look at that tree. Look at how the sun is coming through. Oh, I just saw a little chipmunk. You know, if you're really present on the walk, it's highly restorative and meditative. There's a lot of research into that as well, right? Into nature. I mean, if if we think back on how we evolved as human beings, right? As, As another soul on this planet, it was through nature, right? Everything was nature. Now we close ourselves behind four Mm -hmm. walls right and it's a lot tougher so i i love the example you gave of just because one tool or one iteration of the tool doesn't work for you doesn't mean that different versions of the tool won't work for you (laughs) right it's almost like version one doesn't work for me but maybe version five because i have a different operating system will work for me and that's such a beautiful way of looking at it because again there's so many tools and then there's so many variations of each tool and the beauty is that you get to make it your own if you first become aware and you're like, you know what, I want to make this work for myself. So I'm going to pick and choose and see what works. Yeah. And I think the key is knowing what drains your energy and what restores it. And that's where I would start is what things do you know just drain and then have ready some tools or techniques that restore it. And some that are you can be anywhere and you can do it. Or maybe there's something, you know, when I know I'm at home, I have certain things at home and I believe in all the senses. So if you can listen to some music, I believe in aromatherapy. I I love putting, you know, uplifting citrus like wild orange into a diffuser. You know, all of these things work. If I can smell some beautiful things, if I can't get out into nature, I'm here at my desk. I can, you know, smell, you know, add aromatherapy into it. I can be listening to music with earphones while I'm doing email, whatever it takes. Find your things, find your things. And that way then, and sometimes I have to do a few of those, Constantine, before I can make my positive list. You you need to bring yourself into a more positive state to to be able to, (laughs) yeah, to get over the, you know, to get over the fear induced behavior, right? Which unfortunately, like we said, right, it's not that it's going to go away. We want to reduce how much it shows up in our life and how much emphasis we put on it. Right, right. And I like how you talk about the operating system because 
when I think about some of my fears are a really old version of Stephanie. <laughs> I might think of myself as a, you know, an operating system. Mm. And but some are meant to stay. Some are true to me. I've always loved music. Always. Music has always given me a way to release emotion. If I need to cry, and I do believe in crying because it's energy releasing, there are certain songs I know I can put them on and I will cry. And it could be the meaning of it, the sentiment, the cello that's playing, the, you know, the beauty of it. So that's something since I don't know, two years old, three years old, I can always remember. That's going to stay in all versions of Stephanie, all operating systems. The coping with alcohol, not in the future version of Stephanie, right? Yeah. Was in the past, not going forward in the upgrade, if I want to think of this upgrading my operating system. So figure out, and sometimes when you're not sure, so here's another thing. When I was feeling so flat, the black and white version, I honestly could, if someone said, well, what makes you happy? I don't even know if I could have come up with something. So if you're in that stage in your life, go back to childhood. What did you like to do? Mm. Did you like to run outside? Did you like to go on a swing? Did you like to blow bubbles? Did you like to create art? Did you, what did you like then? Because that was maybe a version of you before all the fear operating system took hold. And it just might give you a couple of clues, you know, to say, oh, I used to love to paint. Maybe I should just go get, you know, some paint and a, you know, and a pad and, or I used to love to sketch or I doodled in school. Instead of taking notes, I was making cartoon characters. Those are ideas about things that gave you energy as a kid or helped you expand your energy. Maybe it was riding a bike, anything. See what the now version of Stephanie version of that is. How can I bring some of that back into my life? If it's not possible, I get it. But I'm trying to bring some more crafts and painting back in my life. I loved doing that when I was younger. And haven't done it in a while. So maybe you did puzzles. Maybe, who knows? There's so many possibilities of what we did. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I love so many parts of what you just said there. But one that struck with me the most was when you're talking about the different versions of Stephanie and, you know, what you want to keep and what you don't want to keep and the things you want to keep versus the ones you don't. To me, it led to one conclusion only. It's you have a choice. If you want to keep something in your life, you keep it. If you don't, then you can work on removing it. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest aha moment I had during my years of transformation is the idea that I had a choice because I always want to believe that someone else had the answers for me, that I could mm -hmm. always look outwards for direction and instructions when really I, all I had to do was look inwards and realize that I had a choice at the end. I could choose to listen to you, Stephanie, only mm -hmm. follow everything you say to a T, or I can choose to follow my own intuition, my own guidance while acknowledging everything you're telling me, right? And see, okay, well, I agree with this and I don't agree with this. So I'll take whatever I agree with in this moment. Maybe keep an open mind to the things I don't agree with to see if maybe down the road, they will become things I agree with. This is, this is one of the beauties and responsibilities of being a grown-up. Yes. <laughs> as kids, we don't necessarily, we can't always choose, right? We're a bit more dependent yes. on others, but we come of age and that varies. Some people come of age, you know, at various points in their life where whenever it is that you feel you have the independence to make independent decisions, which is what I consider adulthood or being a grown-up, what comes with that is your choice then. Exactly. And so I lost track of that. Well, I, I, I lost track of my authentic self and just kept choosing what other people thought, what other people needed of me. That's what I lost track of for about 30 years. Yeah, and you also chose out of fear, like you said earlier, right? You chose to stay in your job or climb the ladder because... You wanted the money because you needed the money, right? Because, because you wanted the lifestyle or whatever for your family and kids. And that's respectable, right? Because a lot of us do that. We make those choices thinking we have no alternative when truly we do. However, some alternatives might not give us the outcomes we want in the short term. 
So then, of course, it may appear as we don't have a choice because the only choice that makes sense at the moment is the one that gives you the least negative impact in the short term. But it doesn't mean that in the long term, it's not going to be worse than any of the other choices. Absolutely. Okay, love this, Stephanie. So let me ask you this. 10 years ago, right? You were on an older operating system. But let's say you can travel back to the time. So 2023, around that time. And you can talk to your younger self and give yourself one piece of advice that would help you on your path to where you are today. What would that advice be? Oh, I can actually see myself. My advice would be to really check your decisions, put your hand on your heart, especially the big ones. And if it feels heavy, pause and really think about that decision and think about what would make it lighter. So for example, is again, in the spirit of I can change my reality. So if a decision feels heavy, what would make it lighter? So for example, I'm going to go back to the brunch. Could I leave early? Could I, you know, what choices would make that decision just a little bit lighter? And that heavy versus light is listening to your intuition. Keep Mm. listening to your intuition because I think that's what I had turned off. I had turned off in 20 years. So 2003, I was in a boating accident where I got a really bad concussion. And I, I didn't listen to my intuition. It was very kind of rocky waves. And my intuition was saying, don't get on that boat. Don't get on that boat. Don't get on that boat. And my mind was saying, you paid for these lessons. Why, why Go on the boat. Go on the boat. And my intuition was saying, don't go on the boat. Don't go on the boat. <laughs> I went on the boat. And a big wave hit me. And I, and I use that example always. My intuition was trying to help me, but my mind and other factors overrode the intuition. And so I would go back to that version of myself and say, follow your intuition, listen to your intuition, use the heavy versus light, the fear versus love decision making, and you will, the path will be easier for you. Now, it also sounds, it also sounds to me, if the more I the more I listen to you explain how you're seeing this, it's almost like it's a muscle, right? Yes. You have to exercise it for it to show to give you benefit. It's almost like if you if intuition was a muscle and we haven't listened to it, we haven't really used it, then of course it's going to take time until we can listen to it. And if we listen to our mind, right, to our ego or learn behaviors mm-hmm. all this time, of course that's going to be more pronounced and that's going to make most of our decisions or at least try to do so. So it's yes. almost like taking a step back, becoming aware and start working on that intuition muscle until it can become either as strong or stronger than the learned behaviors, the ego, the mind. Yeah. And it depends on how long you've been ignoring it, but it's still speaking. It might just be a whisper at this point, <laughs> but it, you can make it louder and you can build that muscle. And I will tell you that my intuition knows my heart. It really has never been wrong. It's my mind and my ego that has like talked me out of what my intuition was saying. And that's what I would tell myself. That's absolutely what I would tell myself. Okay. So now, okay. So let's say now we can go back into the future. 10 years from now, you get to meet your future self. You see all the amazing things you've done with your coaching, with helping people, all the people you've helped, the way you grew, the way your, your kids grew, like the beautiful things they're doing in life. But you get to see with your future self for 15 minutes and bring back one piece of insight, one piece of advice or anything. What do you think you'd want to bring back? Choosing love is always the answer. Always. Always, yes. Always. Yes, yes. And if you pause to ask that, the rest really aligns. And it may be the question is, what's the most loving thing for me right now, for the situation, for the dilemma, the decision I'm making, you know, choosing a love-based 
approach and being in that vibration makes all the difference. And I'm just starting to feel the goodness of that. So I can imagine in 10 years as I work on that muscle, how beautiful it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like every day is going to be a blessing, right? From now on out. Yeah. And from whatever stage we are all at, right? It's going to be okay. Trust yourself and trust the universe as long as you lead from a place of love. Because like you said, if you lead from, lead from fear, from negativity, that's more of the stuff you've had already. Well, maybe it's time for a change. Yes. Well, Stephanie, this was a, an amazing conversation. I love so much. Before we tell people what they can learn more about you and what you do, is there anything else you'd like to add? Any other pieces of wisdom or insights we haven't covered? We've covered so much ground. It's been so enjoyable. I would say that the one thing that I learned through a lot of this is it's good to feel good. It's good to feel good. I had felt crappy for so long. <laughs> despite, despite having the American dream, right? Yes, I had the dream and I felt awful physically, emotionally, mentally. But then when I started to feel good, I almost didn't trust it because it wasn't something I was used to. That was foreign. It was foreign. It was out of my comfort zone. Isn't that sad? My comfort zone was misery. So you gave yourself permission to feel good, to feel happiness. Yes. And well, here we are. trust it. So part of it is trust yourself, but trust that feeling good is good. And it feels good to feel good. And that's goodness. And that's okay. I don't have to be suspect of it. Because some of us have a belief that goodness doesn't last. So we're kind of that phrase, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop or you're waiting for the other thing to fall. So don't be too happy because it's going to get bad soon. No, it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. It's good to feel good. Feel good. Do things that feel good and do more of them. And then good things will come to you. The universe will see, ah, Stephanie likes to feel good. She's good. She's okay. We'll bring more of that. So that would be the one piece to kind of bring it all together is that. It's yeah, that's, that's, a, that's an amazing way to, to conclude that. So where can people find more of you? Where can they connect with you or learn what you do? Oh, thank you for that opportunity to share. So my business is called Positive Change Acceleration. So I'm all about the positive and I'm all about making it happen a bit faster than it took me. So you can find, you can email me at Stephanie. S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E at positivechangeacceleration.com, which is the name of my company, or go to my website, which is www.positivechangeacceleration.com. And I work one-on-one -on -one with people to help them manifest. I also do group work. I do energy healings and energy resets. And I would just love to help people feel good. Awesome. Thank you, Stephanie. It was a pleasure. Until thank next time. you, Justin. Until next time. Yes, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. To find out more amazing content and episodes, please visit unleashthyself.com or you can find us on social media.